Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and uh, I'd like to mention a couple new new sponsors that are helping us out for the football season. First of all, I want to mention the Iowa National Guard. They are uh, going to really help us this season, and we're doing a co-promotion with them opening night in Fairfield. Also, I want to mention uh, Smithburg Auto. Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa, two locations to serve you better. You need a car, call David. Now, we are on the phone with Scotty Melvin. And he is talking eight-man showcase. Uh, let's go over the, the teams that are going to be in there. And I know you have some some rants and raves about the preseason rankings and uh, some other things we're going to get to. But let's start off with this these two eight-man, uh, this doubleheader in Martinsdale. All right. We're one day away. Um, Got to get through Friday here. Um, and then the showcase starts there in Martinsdale, just a little south of Des Moines on a turf field in a beautiful little stadium. If they've never, I've never been there, but I've seen the pictures and at 2 PM is when it all kicks off. The weather's looking good. I don't know about you, but uh, I've been keeping a, a close eye on the weather. There is some rain and stuff supposed to move through today, some storms tonight. Uh, but it looks like it's going to clear off and be kind of cool and cloudy by the time this all starts at 2 PM. And that's when our local Waco Winfield Mount Union Wolves will take on the Audubon Wheelers, a uh, team that we're familiar with from last year when they came to Waco in Little Wayland and uh, broke our hearts with a punt return that sealed the deal for, for their trip to the Dome. They will have a different look this year. Um, and if you've listened to uh, the interview you did with Coach uh, Sean Burks out there, he doesn't expect a, a big drop-off. They expect to come out and compete uh, just like they do every other year, even with the new faces in place. And sounds like they're raring to go. I don't know about you, but I've read a, a couple of articles from some sports writers out that way. And, and uh, he, you know, no excuses. He he wants these young guys that he's got on this new, uh, this face, uh, new faces on this team to come out and compete with Winfield right off the bat and, and compete for a shot at the playoffs like they do every year. Well, I wish I was as diligent as you in looking at the weather because uh, I woke up this morning with my windows down and I had to go out there and roll them up because it was... Uh, <laughs> Well, we, we, have a, we have a wet backside today. We're living in a metal building right now. Uh, <laughs> so it gets pretty warm in there in the afternoons. We had everything closed up well before the rain moved in. I was I was kind of glad about that when I woke up and heard the ping ping on the roof. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was something I was started to worry about later in the week when I started seeing there was a chance for storms. I'm like, are we going to drive all the way over there and have to sit through lightning delays or maybe a postponement or cancellation of but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think uh, the weather will have moved through by noon or so. And I think we'll get to town about then and, and just kind of, you know, get some lunch and, and check things out and, and get to the stadium early. Well, I hope it keeps it a little cooler. You know, uh, that would be a, that would be a plus. And uh, I like the lunch part. But what about this yeah. back end game? Okay. So after the, uh, the game, the first game's over, uh, 530 is when I believe the uh, kickoff supposed to take place for Waco, the Warriors, um, taking on Southeast Warren Warhawks. And the Warhawks are uh, not really a question mark there. They were young last year. They made the playoffs. Uh, they lost in the first round to English Valleys, but they bring back a ton of pieces. Um, still a lot of youth on the team, but they got a lot of good uh, experience last year. That's immeasurable to get that kind of experience a team that made it all the way to the playoffs and have that much youth coming back. There's only, there's only upside to that for the Warhawks. And uh, will they, will they be as experienced as they need to be to compete with Waco tomorrow? 
that remains to be seen. I think they will be. I think we're in for two really good games. Uh, Waco will be breaking in some new players too, but they're bringing back some real special ones, as we know. Um, one one player I want to point out for Waco that I'm really looking forward to watching more of is Reese Oswald. He played kind of sparingly last year. I got to see him a lot in basketball. Um, he's very athletic. His un, his enthusiasm is second to none of all the kids I see playing sports out there uh, this past year. And so I'm looking forward to him bringing that to the backfield for Waco. And uh, I expect big things from him, uh, along with the, the familiar faces that we're going to see. His brother, a quarterback, Shula Simeon there at uh, running back, and Drew Deers flying around on the defensive side. Um, I'm excited, man. It's, it's going to be a, a long day for me, but uh, we'll get there. I guess one of the things that I'm really interested in seeing is they've moved Drew Deers to guard. And I'm I'm yeah. gonna see how much of it how how you know many holes he can open up for for shoeless Reichenbach. Now I wanna say I, I slightly over exaggerated something, and I mean slightly, because I said that we could have uh four of the top eight teams going into the season, and it turns out there's just four of the top nine teams, uh, at least by the yeah. Des Moines Register. But uh you were on a Twitter storm yesterday uh, about the ratings and uh uh, I want to expand a little bit on what you were you're saying, what you were thinking, what was getting you going yesterday. Well, first off, let me let me be the first to say that we know, especially preseason rankings, they mean nothing. Only the final rankings matter. It all gets sorted out. Uh, this stuff's just for fun. But it's something I've noticed over the years uh, living in southeast Iowa is that, you know, like I, I think I said in one tweet, somebody's got to kick the door down to get noticed. Now, when we're talking eight man. Well, you were off by a mile there uh, predicting top eight, weren't you? (laughs) You only got top uh, four of the top nine, (laughs) but that turned out pretty, pretty good. And and it just really validated the hype. We're trying to give this, this showcase and everybody that's involved in it, uh, you know, the quality of football that they're going to be able to see tomorrow all on one field between these two games. So you've got those four teams, um, very deserved preseason. And I know there's a, there's, certain criteria that goes into this for everybody that votes. I have my own when I come up with my own little top tens for fun. Uh, generally, I like to go off of uh, the, the kind of the combination of what did last year's teams do and then who's coming back experience-wise uh, that way. And that could go a lot of different directions. And I'm the first to admit I don't know a lot about the lines. You know, I know if, if kids are coming back or not from the teams that I watch. Uh, but when we're talking schools that are outside our area or that I never get to see, I, that's that's one piece I don't know much about. So you got to go off of stats and off of skill players and that sort of thing. And I think a lot of the sports writers or, or whoever, you know, media members do that as well. And then there's a reputation factor. You know, some schools seem to do well every year. So you're just going to throw them in the rankings because, you know, why not? They're, they're always there by the end of the year. Right. And uh, it kind of goes like that. And I, I guess where my beef comes in is when we get into those teams like, any of the any of the folks involved in the voting, when they start trying to fill slots where they're they're unfamiliar with the teams that uh, are outside of the ones that they've already got in there or the teams that they're used to seeing, they tend to just gravitate towards their area. Well, where you know it's going to be Des Moines, that's going to be Cedar Rapids, it's going to be around the city. You know, our teams are better because they're near here or whatever. It's it's the Homer thing, and I have it too. So here I am in Southeast Iowa, championing for. Southeast Iowa, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so that's where I where I come up with uh, some of my beef with uh, with the votes. But it's all in fun because you know it's going to get sorted out. And if if uh, someone I think is great ends up with uh, 
you know, first round exit in the playoffs or whatever. Well, guess what? I guess I was wrong. And uh, that happens a lot. And uh, it's it's just it's just for fun. But I, I will say, uh, getting back on my beef there, that I feel like there's a handful of teams down here that maybe should be getting votes. And some of them are. New London, I know, has gotten some votes in some of these polls. Um, can't complain about the respect Waco's getting. They're ranked fourth in both uh, the Gazette poll and the Des Moines Register. I saw a radio poll that they're ranked uh, third in. So Yeah, I saw one where they were third, too. Yeah, so, you know, they're not being ignored. And, I, you know, ignored's a strong word. Uh, I don't know that we're getting ignored. I just think we get a little less uh, respect than a lot of the rest of the state. And there's probably some other spots in, that would argue the same. Um, but, uh, you know, we're from southeast Iowa, so that's that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm representing here. Well, uh, when I coached Little League, we would uh, – you know, I, I did it in Fairfield, and, and we would play games in Libertyville and Lockridge and Pleasant Plain, and I would ensure – that my, my teams played at least five preseason games and a game in each one of those fields where we were going to play in the season because I noticed uh, my teams always struggled when they went uh, out of town to play or played somewhere they weren't familiar with. And uh, we might not win all those preseason games, but we had our team ready at the beginning of the season, and we'd usually win the first four or five games with no problem because we were just, you know, we were just further, you know, more experienced. So, but I think tonight or tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, anyway, we are going to see a couple of teams that are very prepared for the season. Don't, is that what you expect? Yeah, I really do. Um, out of the teams that are going to be there, we're only looking at one that's, that's coming in with some, uh, some question marks and, and, uh, maybe some inexperience. I, you know, and I, I'm going to use that term, you know, with a you take that with a grain of salt because we're talking about Ottoman here, and those guys have been to the dome it seems like countless times lately. And in high school football, you're not doing that with the same gang because you've got turnover virtually every year, uh, at least on some level. And they, and they appear to have the most coming into this one. They they really um, it's going to be hard to replace the quarterback from last year. Yeah, uh, Gavin Smith, I believe is his name. He was dynamic, and that doesn't mean that the the kid that Coach Burks is bringing it on now, isn't just as good or whatever, but you don't know that yet. And he's getting thrown to the fire against a real stout defense. I mean, we, we know what, uh, what Cam Buffington and Abram Edwards are capable of on defense. And there's a lot of good athletes, even though they may have kind of a smaller roster uh, for Winfield. And you heard it yourself when you talked to the boys that they're hanging their hat on that defense this year. That's where they think their strength is. So this is a, this is a tough test out of the gate for the Wheelers. Uh, but that's what Coach Burks wants, and like you said, you're trying to get them ready for the season. Now, you don't want to you don't want to take so many lumps that you don't make it to the playoffs. It could go that way. Um, highly unlikely for this team, uh, but it, you know the harder the schedule that you play, if you can get out of it with enough wins to get to the postseason, you can get out of it with uh, without any major injuries, which that's real iffy thing in this sport. Um, you know, you've set yourself up to raise some eyebrows come postseason, and, and I think that's what Audubon's probably set up to do this year. Well, a lot of teams are uh, using their preseason, their, their, their pre-district uh, games to get a good strength of schedule. You know, because yeah. it's it's not as important to win those games as it is to test your team and to uh, you know when when the voters are or you know when they are looking at at the team later on in the year when it does matter the rankings and the and the positions. Uh, you know. They, they can say, well, they played a lot of really great teams. 
yeah, that, that never hurts either. Um, you know, that's something else you look at. I, if you got time and the ability to look through it all, there's probably a, a whole pile of criteria you could use to, to justify where you put teams in these rankings. And, uh, I certainly don't dive too deep into it. Cause like I said, it's for fun, but I will have my little mini rants about it here and there. Um, you know, and Audubon being left out of the Gazette ranking, you know, the, the Gazette and the Des Moines Register had some real similar looks in certain spots and then some way out there differences, too. But uh, I didn't dig deep into the who's getting votes and stuff either. And that kind of that can kind of play in and tell some story, too. But, yeah, um, Audubon definitely getting some respect from the Des Moines area. And, and they're one that I think is deserved, des- deserving of it, because, like I said, they may have lost some faces from that team that went to the Dome last year. But. The way they reload their their history, you know, their reputation. Uh, they do have some kids back that were uh, big time contributors last year. You know, they're they're deserving of that top ten spot, I think. Well, who are some of the players on Audubon and Southeast Warren that uh, you're going to have your eye on? Well, let me pull up. Let me pull up uh, Audubon's roster here because uh, I'll have to look through the. Uh, the list and because there are some there's you know there, uh, being from pretty far away I remember a few names from last year's team but uh, I got to jog my memory a little bit um, all right here we go Audubon Wheelers well the first one number one uh, Manny Bicewinger I think there was another Bicewinger on the team last year a brother cousin something um, that was a big time uh, threat with the ball and I, I think this young man is too he's a wide receiver cornerback um, Kids are fast, and uh, that counts for a lot, And as you know, in eight-man football. So he's one I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I can't remember who the quarterback is. I'd have to listen to uh, Coach Burke's interview again. But I want to say that the, the young guy is a sophomore. So, you know, uh, he's young, but he's going to get some real good experience right off the bat going up against one of the top defenses in, in the state. So those are two that I've got my eye on. Um, outside of that, it's just going to be kind of a learning experience for me just to watch these guys um, tomorrow. Because I noticed a little bit about Audubon, and maybe you take a little different view of it, but uh, I didn't see that they had uh, uh, like a Simeon Reichenbach that was just miles ahead of everybody else. They just had a good quality team that everybody contributed, and they all played this good team game. And, uh, you know, they just they had those plucky guys on defense and – that grinded out offense and, you know, a good mixture of, of pass and throw and uh, yeah, just uh, really good special teams. And uh, there just wasn't any areas the team was weak at. Well, and see if you agree with me here, but a lot of times I like to give the old eye test when I come to and it. And that doesn't tell the story, but it's fun to get to a game early and watch kids warm up from both teams and kind of do some comparisons and see if you think you can uh, figure some stuff out just off of that and, you know, when you come to a Waco game, you, you the eye test that they that they pass is, boy, those look like football players. They spend a lot of time in a weight room. They're beefy kids, um, a lot of them. And, uh, you know, they look like football players. Well, then then when Audubon came trotting out last year, I thought, well, those kids look like basketball players. They're tall. They're athletic. They look fast. They move fluid. I'm like, this is going to be an interesting matchup. You know, will the brute strength and the physicality win out or will – Audubon have so much speed and, and agility and uh, athletic ability that they'll just uh, kind of run around and do what they want. Well, both teams kind of put on display their brand of football, and it was an even match. And Audubon came out on top, and uh, it was off of, of, you know, a punt return. So it was off of a play that was, you know, all about speed and explosion and, 
and athletic ability. So that one out in that particular case. Uh, so I guess that's another thing I'll be looking for tomorrow in both games is, you know, how do they physically match up? And then how does it play out when they actually line up and go at each other? Well, let's, uh, let, let's talk about, let's just start with Winfield, Mount Union. What do they need to do to win this game? Well, I think I, I, you know, was, was glad to hear what, when you interviewed Cam and Abram, uh, that they're, hanging their hat on defense. They think that's going to be their strength and all that, because I felt like last year, the, the headlines that they grabbed at least early in the season, especially were, were explosive scoring. So that ability is there and that's only going to be better this year, you know, um, because the, the key uh, contributors on that offense, I think are they're back. They're going to be older. They're, they've got a, more experience in there and they're just going to be physically better at it. Um, so they're going to have, they're going to bring a nice balance, um, both sides of the ball. I think, I think you're going to see some, some great passing game stuff. I think you're going to see some great ground game from, from Winfield. And I think you're going to see some stout defense. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge for, for Audubon. Um, I think, uh, considering that they, in this particular game come in, I think a little less experienced. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's just really going to be an exciting. You know, let's talk about Waco. What do you think they got to do to, to take on a team, um, you know, a state-ranked team in the Southeast War? Well, Waco, I think, even with uh, some of the kids they lost, they'd probably bring back uh, – them in Southeast Warren probably kind of even matched on, on what they bring back experience-wise. But the, the players that Waco brings back and the depth that they have are just outstanding. Um I look for Simeon Reichenbach to get probably a faster start this year. And last year, I didn't get I didn't get to any games to about the fourth week. But as I was watching him play and watching the line develop, they just seem to get better every week. Um, I, I want to say Chad, Coach Edeker, has like a, a zone blocking scheme. And I felt like the line had kind of drift one way. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not an X's and O's guy. <laughs> And, and Reichenbach could follow his blockers, take a hole, make one sharp cut, and boom, he was gone. And he got better and better at picking his spots, I thought, as the season wore on and making that one step, you know, plant the foot and bolt through that hole and, and rack up yards. And, the, and he was doing it from, from the beginning of the season as well because his numbers weren't ever bad. They were He was having stellar numbers all the time. I just felt like things got smoother and better and faster as they went on. So I guess what I'm saying is I think that's going to – that's going to start right away uh, tomorrow. I think we're going to see that tomorrow, uh, especially on this turf. I think <laughs> I think that's going to be a really nice surface for a kid like him to play on. So he's probably the one that I've really got my eye on the most. But like you said, I, I also am interested to see a Drew Deers moving into the offensive line uh, since he was a tight end last year where I thought he was very successful. There's part of me that's a little disappointed. I won't see him catch the ball anymore. But – seeing him in person and seeing him at the gym and how strong this young man is and stuff, there's, it's a no brainer. You got to have a kid like him on the line blocking. Um, so I, am not, uh, I, it, I cannot argue with his move into, into the guard position there. So I'm interested to see that on offense. Like I said, I'm interested to see, um, uh, Reese Oswald, uh, contributing in the backfield there, you know, John Rice has gone as a fullback. So it's going to be, sounds like kind of a rotation in that spot. So seeing the ball carriers besides our shoeless Simeon, uh, real interested in that on the de- defensive side, I want to see just how much growth there's been for, for deers from his junior year to his senior year. Cause that's always kind of a fun thing to, to watch when, when someone was stellar a year ago and now they're back again, that's exciting to me. So, uh, 
And then on, on if you want me to get into Southeast Warren, I want to see how they match up with this physicality. Uh, I want to see this six foot eight center defensive tackle, Jack uh, Williams in person. Uh, what a physical presence in an eight man game. It, there will be uh, no missing him, I think. In my opinion, uh, uh, how Deers performs is really the key to the victory. Uh, he's, um, yeah, yeah, both sides of the ball. He's a very important uh, player. He's got a lot of help, though, and you're going to need that. But that you could say that about every single one of these teams. We, we can point out a handful of players that uh, put up numbers and all that, but they're well, definitely uh, not the only contributors out there. I believe uh, Waco was losing. I can't remember his name, but he was the defensive player of the year last year. Jonah Clark. Jonah Clark. Yeah, he's going to be tough to replace, isn't he? I think so, uh, of course. I mean, you know, defensive player of the year. But, um, you know, like Coach Edeker said, he's got so many guys that he can throw at the lines on both sides of the ball there. Um, going to be hard to replace Jonah's combination of size and strength and speed. I mean, man, there's nothing that kid couldn't do. Uh, he was physically imposing, and he played that way. Um, but Waco's got a lot of size coming back. Um, they've got some big kids. A lot of, last year, I you know, some tall, gangly kids, but it sounds like some of them have packed on some pounds. So I'm interested to see if there's a, another Jonah Clark uh, coming at us uh, this year. And uh, I think there's a chance that that's, uh, that's going to be a thing. Well, tell our listeners what time the games are, where the games are, and how to get tickets. All right, one more time. This is this is just a regular high school football game. Uh, show up at the gate and pay, and you're in. But everything starts in Martinsdale. Like I said, it's about 20 minutes or so south of Des Moines. Kickoff for Winfield Mount Union versus Audubon is at 2 p.m. And following that, around 5.30 p.m., Waco versus Southeast Warren, a doubleheader. You can only get this kind of action at the Dome at the end of the year. So, you know, I, I highly suggest if you got nothing else to do or you love football, uh, come watch this thing. So, yeah, it's going to be – it's just going to be – it seems like it's just people from all over the state and the media is picking it up. There's going to be a lot of media following it. We're going to be there putting out uh, updates and, and information throughout the game and we're going to have coaches' interviews and uh, – we're going to be talking to some fans and some media. So it's going to be a, a cornucopia of information and uh, a great way to really set off, uh, set off the football season. And uh, uh, there's another game I was going to ask you about before we uh, uh, let you go is you're going to be at this game at Kinnick Stadium. Can you tell our, our fans how to get tickets for that and, and who's playing in that? And uh, what's, what's that one uh, looking at like the, the week after this? Friday. Yeah, uh, Friday, August 26th. Like I said before, it's a Friday light game. It's a regular old 7 o'clock on a Friday night high school football game, except it's being hosted by Kinnick Stadium, the uh, the Hawkeyes home. And uh, tickets are online, uh, 10 bucks for an adult, 5 bucks for a student. It's not something you go through the uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association website for like we do for the playoffs. Uh, go through get on Iowa city high's website or get on Iowa city Liberty's um, school website and, and look it up and that's where you'll find the links or you're on Twitter. Give me a follow. I'm tweeting them out every time I see them just in case I help one more person uh, find the way to that. But yeah, that's uh that's coming up in week one. 
uh, North Liberty, um, coached by our hometown guy, James Harris, from down here in Washington, will be taking his team over to Kinnick to take on the City High Little Hawks. And uh, their phenomenal team that I've seen ranked as highly as uh, second in 5A. I've seen them as low as five, but, you know, they're they're in that mix. Um, I expect them to make a good, strong run this year. They bring back a ton of talent, including All-American Ben Keeter, plays linebacker and tight end for them, uh, just won the world championship, junior wrestling championship. So he's just getting back to town for that. They had a big reception for him last night. It looked like it was pretty cool. Um, he'll be on full display. They look to have some new faces that are phenomenal, like uh, whatever success is going on there seems to be drawing in more athletes from the school. So I look for big things for the City Hawks. And uh, North Liberty's on the upswing, too. Um, they lost this game 41 to zip last year. Will they be, be able to improve and compete a little more? It's going to be tough, uh, and that's no slight on, on North Liberty. It's it's just the fact that this is a strong uh, city high team as there's been in a very long time. And, and it's nice to see because, you know, coming from Illinois when I was a young man, um, that was uh, kind of a almost a mythical thing they had going on up there. You know, in the, in the town that the Hawkeyes play in, you got the little high school there that's uh, just like the little brothers coming up. And, uh, you know, you had the Tim Dwight teams and, and the big uh, head-to-head matchups with the crosstown rival West, and and you know then City High kind of went on uh, went on the skids for a bit as far as the football program. weren't having a lot of numbers, weren't having uh, very good seasons, but they're back. And um, man, if you want to see something really spectacular and historical, I suggest you get to Kinnick Stadium, 7 p.m. Uh, August 26th on a Friday. Well, there's a few opportunities to see his historic matchups that have kind of you know never been done before. Uh, you got to Saturday, August 20th. It's the, uh, you know, the Waco and uh, the second game will be Waco and Southeast Warren. The first game will be Winfield and Audubon. And there, you might wonder, how can they play two football games back to back like that? Well, it's a, it's a, not only is it a turf field, but they redid the turf. And this is the first game that's ever going to be played on that turf. So, well, and then you got next week, you got, Next week, next Friday, you'd have a week from today. High school football at Kinnick Stadium, and I don't think that's been done before. So, uh, great opportunity. We're really looking for the for the season. Want to thank uh, Helena Hayes for her support of high school football. Want to thank uh, Henshaw Trailers of Richland, Iowa, for their support of, of football. Want to thank Helmuth Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, for helping support our sports programs and caring about high school kids. Now we, you know, we, we want to thank the National Guard and, and we definitely want to thank uh, Dave Smithberg over at Smithberg Auto for providing some support. And uh, I'm going to be out today talking to businesses and see what other support we can drum up so we can give you guys the best coverage of, of Southeast Iowa and beyond of high school football. And we're going to try to do like we did in baseball and get you guys a state championship. I think that would be just about all right. What do you think? Boy, I, I hope so. I hope for it every year, and it's one of the hardest things to do. I've said it a, a million times, winning a championship in a sport, and uh, a lot of teams vying for it, and it gets tougher every week, but you just take it one game at a time, guys. Somebody somebody might just break through. Well, uh, we anticipate getting some cleats from Southeast Iowa on the ground at the Unidome, but you aren't going to miss a minute of action because we're going to bring it to you. And Thanks for being with us, Scott. Yeah, hey, real quick, let's shout out Martinsdale, too. Uh, their their school and their coach for 
letting this thing take place. I mean, that's awesome. They're not even involved in it. You know, they're not even playing in it, but they're letting these teams meet up, uh, shorten the drive for everybody, get this showcase done and, uh, super thankful for them. And I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting some folks, uh, from Martinsdale and checking out their, their little town tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a great event. And I do think they were very involved in, in doing this and, uh, we appreciate everybody being with it. I hope to see a lot of you there. And if you can't be there, you can follow it right here on Round Guy Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody.